on 1116 SEN, the Four Diego. Yet another corner from Bentley. Let's see if the delivery's a bit better. It is. He'd say no. Resist the temptation. Here comes the shots. It's found its way past the keeper. And that's the reward that Jamie Dinabrew deserves. And Bentley Greens have their noses in front here at Kingston Heath. Avitsay, Gallo, trying to box it in. Bentley Greens, they've done it. a second goal, Jamie Deerbrew. He goes to goal. The block came from Blefari. Well, the biggest game in the history of Bentley Greens has delivered the biggest result in the history of Bentley Greens. Ecstasy for John Anastasiadis. And ecstasy for the Bentley Greens. What a fantastic win to them in the FFA Cup. Good evening and welcome to the Four Diegos here on 1116 SEN, Melbourne's home of sport. Hey, thanks to Fox Sports on another fantastic uh, broadcast of that game and thanks to Mark Fine uh, as always a great show and he'll be back uh, tomorrow night and the boys from the GBU crew as well. Rodrigo Rodriguez with you Vinny Venezuela's here as well. Rodrigo I am so happy for the Bentley Greens oh, I, you know, I watched that game the crowd was fantastic, the boys were plucky and it was a good result for a Victorian team I think Absolutely, the result was 2-1 Carlos, how good was that? Romance filled Rodrigo uh, yeah, talk about romance in, uh, in football, uh, I don't have Actually, I have a lot of romance in my life, of course. The beautiful Carmen Miranda, she always meets those needs very, very well. But the, you know, the, the yeah, but you don't normally go the group no, on one no, of us, no, though, Carlos. But the, uh, but the romance in football was certainly there, alive and well tonight. And, uh, mm. and like, you know, Vinny, and I think Rodrigo used the word in the green room before the show when, uh, when we did our two hour meeting before the show yes. to prepare for the yep. show. In fact, we missed the game. Uh, yeah, you, you talk about, you talked about, you're loving the imperfection of football at that level, and, yeah. and it was. And the, the more the game wore on, the more we saw the ebbs and flows of the game, the you know the comebacks, the drama. Adelaide City coming out of their shell after the, the bus lag that they had, obviously, from coming <laughs> over Adelaide today. Uh, and the Bentley Greens, go, yeah, the, the Bentley Greens sort of warming into the game themselves. You know, the heroes of uh, on the coaching benches, Damien Murray, John Anastasiadis, and also his brother Dean on there, um, just... The whole story was a magnificent story, and there will be uh, people are, are certainly raving about it right now, and we're going to spend the whole hour talking about that and talking about the FFA Cup. But also, in, in the coming days, it's going to just put so many ticks to world football in Australia. It's going to be fantastic. Can I just say, watching that game, if you haven't seen seen much sort of more local football. That was good quality football. It was. It was. Yeah, I mean, the, very the, watchable. The pay, Excellent. Yeah, absolutely. That's what it is. Very watchable because it was also the contest. I mean, the finishing is very different at that level. The contest was great. The contest was great, and also, you know, you get disappointed with the set pieces. I mean, often the set pieces don't hit the right areas where you get. As a, as the standard goes higher, you get them more, you know, uh, in in the right areas where goals can be scored. But uh, but other than that, it, you know, the contest enthralled me tonight. It was fantastic. So that means the Bentley Greens are into the semi final of the FFA Cup. They defeated Adelaide City two one. 
Wallace and Dia Bruce scored for Bentley Greens and right out scored for Adelaide City. They came back from 1-0. Uh, what's the hot topic tonight, uh, Carlos? Very, very simple. Can Bentley Greens win the FFA Cup this season? All right, 0433981116. Let's go to uh, let's go to real pressing matter and let's go to the man who led this team, Bentley Greens, to victory tonight. Welcome to the show, legend, John Anastasiadis. G'day, John. Welcome to the Diagos. Thanks, boys. Yes, That's good. To, yeah, our pleasure. Congratulations. You've got Rodrigo, Vinny, and Carlos. Now, you heard our hot topic can Bentley Greens win the FFA Cup? All you need to do is on 0433 is tell us whether you think Bentley Greens can win the, uh, the FFA Cup. Uh, good question. And um, I'll, I'll, I'll let you know who we get in the semi final. I'm not sure. Johnny, no, 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 look, mate, it's been a while since you've spoken to the Diego's, but you used to be a regular guest of ours many, many years ago when you were running around scoring goals for your number of clubs out there. But uh, don't give us any of this, let's take it one game at a time. You've I'm not, li- mate, I'm did, not. You, I mean, if you compare it to your, your match winning, grand final winning goal against your brother in 99, or the world club championship goal that you scored for South Melbourne over there in Brazil back in 2000, or some of the, the, the myriad of fantastic goals you scored, uh, where's, where's the excitement of what just happened tonight, uh, place in all this great stuff you've had in football over the years? There's no doubt, uh, it's way up there, way, way up there, especially my uh, short coaching career and, you know, uh, it's it's just an amazing feeling um, to to to, be, you know, to get the club to the semi-finals. And uh, you know, when we started the first cup, the, the or sort of first game we played in the cup, we played against a team called St Kilda Celtic. Uh, <laughs> Celtic. And uh, now, uh, you know, lo and behold, we're uh, in the semi-final and playing against an A-League club. It's just I will never envisage it, and uh, I just I just can't believe it. I'm, I'm very proud of the boys. We really were struggling there towards the end. Uh, a lot of boys were cramping up, and uh, you know, it's uh, a lot. Of, a couple of young boys came on and did, did a good job. So, you know, it was, it was a great effort from the fellas. Vinny Venezuela, John, uh, congratulations. As um, as a manager, as a gaffer, is it is it a different feeling because you're in, in you know in control of eleven men on a pitch versus when you're a player uh, playing alongside ten other guys, winning these sorts of games. Look, uh, I'd rather be a player any day. I've said that uh, a lot of times. Uh, being a coach, is, it, 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 it's, a, it's a tough gig. You've got to find. You've got. Tw- you've only got. Haven't got only eleven. You've got uh, sixteen players, and you've got to find each button of, of that player. I, mean, I can only, you know, manage a player more more than anything. I don't coach him because, you know, I mean, at least when you're in the seniors, you don't coach. You, you sort of manage him, and uh, and and we've just tried to do that. We're to build a culture at this club where. You know we're all we're all mates, but when 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 we cross the white line, it's uh, we're all together and 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 we try to get the, the best result possible. So, you know, it, it, it's it's so much different to being a coach. It's it's much harder. There's a, there's a lot of stress because when you're a player, okay, you you play, you win, you're happy, you play, you lose. You go home, you're unhappy a little bit, but you get over a coach when he loses. It takes him about a week to get over it. Well, Johnny, uh, tell us about a guy that you probably don't have to press too many buttons because he's such a captain courageous. And he's got you got you back in the game in the 88th minute tonight, Wayne Wallace. Uh, you talk about uh, how difficult it is sometimes to switch players on, but when you've got a leader like that on the field who did what he did tonight, uh, tell us about this guy and tell us about uh, what he brings to the team. Wayne's a, uh, he's, he's obviously my right hand man on the field. Um, he's, he's above all a, a very nice, very nice bloke. He's, he's, he's a top bloke. He's come from England about six, seven years ago. 
and uh, you know he's, he's tried to make it in the, in the big league here in, in Australia. Um, I'm just it's unfortunate that he's 29. If he was a bit younger, I guarantee you that there'll be his A League clubs looking at him because uh, he's just a stalwart of the club, um, and he leads by example by everyone. He keeps the dressing room, you know, happy. He keeps there. He's got a bit of humour about him too, so he's, he's, he does all that sort of stuff. So he, he really does. Excuse me, sorry, Bish. So is the president really, making um, an announcement? Yeah, he's, uh, he's 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 really the one that uh, I look to look forward to to help me out. Um, uh, on 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 the field. So and without him, uh, I don't know where it would be because uh, he really he really takes the team um, on on his shoulders and, and drags him through. And John, uh, how hard was it to prepare the boys for this game? Given you know the stage that your season is at and was at compared to everyone else, That's, it was extremely hard, boys. Um, you know, we we finished playing about six weeks ago. Um, and all we do, all we've been doing is you know, training. Um, we took a couple of weeks off after the Sydney Olympic game, and then uh, you know we've had three friendly games. We played the Victory Youth, the Melbourne City Youth, and, and Box Hill just to try to get our you know match fitness up because that's the most important thing because you can run all day, run all the time, but you know it's all about playing in the game. And uh, it's been difficult, but the boys made a pact you know about three or four weeks ago saying, look, we want to get to the semi final, we want to do well. Um, and I said, well, if that's the case, then we've got to put a, pl- a plan in place, which we did. And uh, first, like I said, the first couple of weeks were a bit bit, uh, bit easy. Then after that, we've cranked it up a bit with three or four sessions. So that's the only way you could do it. This, uh, I don't know what we're going to do now because a couple of boys have booked their holidays to go to Hawaii and all that. <laughs> so I don't, know, I don't know if any of you boys want to uh, want a gig. But, uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, you got your back three here. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I, I don't know if you employ the sweeper system, but I still, uh, as long as you don't get me to mark anyone, I can float around the back there, Johnny. Or run. No, we, no, we, we, don't, we can't run. <laughs> Tell us about a couple of young kids who really impressed me tonight there, Johnny. Uh, Luke Gallo and uh, Christian Cavallo tonight, those two kids, especially Christian's ability to at set pieces. I, I know he didn't always get them in the right areas, but especially at free kicks, they hit the crossbar once. And that Luke Gallo loves running at people. That's what I like about him. Yeah, look, those two boys are sensational. You know, why Christian's at, obviously, is at Melbourne Victory and the uh, youth team and and Luke's at uh, Melbourne City, so we're blessed to have them. And, uh, you know, the boys have stepped up to the plate. I mean, uh, at the start of the season, Luke Geller wasn't, you know, wasn't seen anywhere. So, um, and all of a sudden now he's, 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 you know, he's played 12 NPL games and uh, three or four of the uh, FFA Cup games, and the most significant one too, and he's done exceptionally well. And then he got his reward because he got a gig with um, with, the, with the Melbourne City Youth. And, you know, Christian, I reckon he'd be disappointed with some of his set pieces because his uh, one, one strength that he's got is his set pieces. But, uh, you know, he, he pulled off a good one for Wally to get the header and uh, he was unlucky we hit the post. John, uh, going into extra time, did you say anything in particular to the lads and uh, or were you already sort of uh, thinking it's going to go to penalties? No, I, I look. I didn't really say much, to be honest, because at one stage, uh, Jack Webster called all the boys in and all of us coaching staff, and uh, he's just said, boys, I don't want to go to penalties. I want us to win it. We're, we're, we're on top now. We've scored our goal, and this is a great opportunity for us to really you know, finish the game off. And uh, they, they, they sort of you know, hugged each other and kissed each other and said, let's do it, and they did it. And, uh, you know, it was just an amazing effort. You also had a couple of guys uh, that... Uh 
probably had a few years ago on a, on Australia wide stage on TV had uh, you know contracts given to them through the football superstar program. You had uh, I think Luke Pilkinson and also is it Liam McCormack also? That's it. Yeah, they both. Now, do you have some sort of pathway for these football superstars <laughs> who get these contracts and then have to sort of recalibrate? Their careers and, and they come to Bentley Greens. How does that work? Yeah, it's unfortunate if, uh, the, the show's not on anymore. Maybe we get a few more, but, uh, <laughs> these, um, yeah, these, well, Luke came when I first came too, so Liam was already here. Uh, but, uh, yeah, it was just, it was just coincidence that they're both football stars and they turned up at our door. So, <laughs> you know, they, they really, uh, both of them are great kids and, um, you know, they, they're, they're really good players and, you know, look, these type of games and this type, this type of tournament really gives these kids another second chance. And hopefully, you never know what can happen down the track. If some A-League club could knock on their door and say, listen, hey, come back, you know, we, we'll, we'll give you another go. And hopefully they get that chance. Here in the Fort Diego's, we're speaking with uh, Bentley Greens coach John Anastasiadis. And they defeated Adelaide City 2-1 in the FFA Cup uh, tonight, which was fantastic. Now, John, what do you say to the boys now? They're, they're, they're going to play an A-League team. Um, how do you how do you keep a lid on that? Because they're going to be on a on a national stage again, but this time, you know, in a in a more pressured environment. How do you keep the guys grounded? Uh, very good question. Um, well, first of all, Friday we're going to the spa bath. So that'll cool them down a bit uh, because we need to certainly need the rest. We've got a lot of sore boys. Um, I reckon tomorrow they'll, they'll hit us all, I reckon. It'll take a couple of days because I think, I'll tell you when it will hit us more, when we find out who we play because mm. we're actually, you know, I think it's Friday night we find out. Uh, I think once we find out who we play, then they'll say, hang on, man, we're actually playing an A-League club. I want to send the stage again, so what do we do? Well, I said, well, boys, you know, they, they look, they, they want, they want to go as far as possible. I don't know where they can go, these, these guys. They, they really, they really determined a bunch of boys and uh, they showed that today when, you know, we went down 1-0. And they came back and won the game. Now, Johnny, you were a terrific professional. Uh, not only were you a legend here in Australia with Heidelberg and South Melbourne, but you over in Greece. Uh, I think you're a life member of uh, Power Salonica over there. You're uh, 11 years playing great football over there. Your brother Dean was also a professional here, and I saw him on the bench with you with you tonight. So it was a fantastic family affair. Tell us about the boys you're coaching, though. How hard do they do it? You said that they're going off to the spa bars on on Friday. Obviously, they're paying for that. You know, the club doesn't probably yeah. pay for all that stuff. Uh, yeah. Tell us about some of the, how how difficult it is for these guys who want to make a career out of out of football and the sacrifices they have to make to do it. Look, the um, it takes a lot of hard work. You've got to have a bit of luck too on your side at times. So there's no doubt about it. But to be a professional today, that you've, uh, you've you've just got to believe in yourself. And if you believe in yourself, nothing is impossible. And, uh, and, 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 and that's, and, and that's the crux of it. You've got to really believe that you can do it. And, uh, cause if you don't, then there's no use taking up any field in life. And not only just professional football, but for whatever it is in life professionally. So, you know, that's, uh, that's what's required more, more than anything. And, and with my boys here, I mean, I've got a couple of boys tomorrow. They're, they're, they're back on, uh, on the, um, on the building sites. Mm. So, well, you know, Liam McCormick, he, he, he demolishes houses. He's <laughs> demolishing tomorrow. So, you know, it's, it's, these are the sacrifices that these boys are putting to actually try to try to play some decent and, and play football. And hopefully, and I know deep down, a couple of these boys are really hopeful that one day they'll get a crack at the big time. Now, John, it's very exciting. No matter who you play, and no doubt uh, you 
it's going to be hard for you to get them excited about it and also get them to keep a lid on it so that they can channel their energies accordingly. But you need to lay down the law. There's no swapping shirts at half time, all right? <laughs> uh, yeah, I'll make sure that doesn't happen at all, I tell you. Couldn't believe when I saw that the other day. But, uh, <laughs> no, nah, the boys, uh, they love their shirts, so they're not going to give them to anyone, not even to the family members. So we'll be right with that. Yeah, the club will charge them in the next uh, pay packet if, uh, if they oh, give them away. No doubt. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, uh, one last one there, Johnny. Uh, Dean. I love Dean Anastasiadis, uh, obviously a great goalkeeper in his time in the old NSL, uh, a true professional. Both you guys are such, such humble people, well-loved throughout the football community. Tell us what it means to the Anastasiadis family. Uh, I know you had great careers as players, but now as coaches in this uh, really spirited team, tell us what it means, uh, what you've achieved tonight. Well, look, for uh, for me and Dean, it's, it's been, um, you know, uh, uh, you know, we never we never played together, and that was all we always wished as, as players. Uh, but I did I did coach Dean in South Melbourne, at, uh, and we won the league there in 2006. Um, but you know, wherever I go, Dean comes with me, and uh, you know, I follow him. You know, I, I follow him very closely, and hopefully, he you know he's a good goalkeeping coach, and you know, it's very important that he's uh, that he's next to me, and he's he's, he's above all a top bloke, and uh, you know, I love him a lot, and. Uh, you know, just uh, hopefully he gets a gig in, in the high leagues because he's, he's an absolutely sensational bloke and everybody loves him. He's an excellent character in the dressing room. He makes everybody laugh. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's pretty important for, for, for me to have him next to me. Hey, good on you, John. Congratulations from the Diegos and all of our listeners. Uh, you know, this is a really fantastic story uh, with Bentley Greens. And, uh, mate... Let's hope you go all the way. You're going to win it, Johnny. You're going to win it, mate. You're going to hold up that hopefully, cup. But hopefully, man, it'll be sensational if we do. Yeah, Thanks very and, much. And by the way, you're all over Fox Sports now at the moment too, right? So uh, <laughs> yeah, make, make sure you make sure you're taping. Taping. Oh, well, thanks, mate. No Good on you. It's John Anastasiatis, the coach of Bentley Greens. Uh, always great with his time with the Diegos, and uh, this is a special occasion. Yeah, those guys, those people, our listeners out there who've stayed up and listened to that interview, uh, you get it. You get a, just a little snippet of uh, the character of uh, John Anastasiatis, and if you got to know Dean Anastasiatis, you know. Uh, why you you quickly work out why they're both very much loved in the in the football fraternity and uh, and what they've done in the game. You would never ever know how bigger players they were and what they've achieved in the game. And John was one at a very young age. Actually, went over to Greece and played eleven years over there at a time when not many Australians are. Uh, uh, made a big fist of uh, playing over in in, uh, in Greece. It's a very difficult environment, very political. But he scored goals and uh, became a life member or a legend of the club. So great players, but you would never ever know what they've achieved in the game. And even his understated uh, interview tonight it just gives you a little bit of a snippet of uh, of his character and the qualities. No wonder the players love him and they play for him. It's, you're absolutely right, Carlos. Because with the A League being so big and it, it's probably its appeal is to a demographic that's sort of our age that's been around for a while, but also to a new demographic mm. of much younger younger sort of supporters and followers, which is fantastic. But uh, th- those that are our age and older would know that pe- people like yeah. John were just guns. And they would have been successful in this yeah. A-League right oh, yeah, now absolutely. if they were playing, yeah. Mm. Absolutely, and just uh, an update, uh, it's still one all uh, in Perth at the moment, Perth Glory and Melbourne victory in the uh, final quarter-final of the FFA Cup. Uh, we'll keep you updated on that game as we go through the night. Um, John from Greensboro has uh, called in on 942-911-16 and wants to talk about the Bentley Greens. G'day, John, and welcome to the show. Thank you, fellas. Look, I, I only just caught the uh, the last end of that interview with uh, John Anastasiadis. I just wanted to, look, he may have mentioned him already, but I just wanted to mention uh, the technical director at Bentley Greens, uh, 
Frank Mangrellis. Yes. Who, who, look, I've known I've known Frank for a couple of years, and, and the, the man just loves football. Now, during the year, I know that for, for whatever reason they lost their uh, their under twenties coach, and on top of uh, Frank's uh, initial responsibility, he actually took over the twenties. And I know through many injuries and a lot of things that happened. I mean, he coached the twenties purely for development and ended up, I think, by the end of it, six or seven players from that 20s group ended up playing, um, you know, through the season with the seniors. And, and I just, just sort of getting to know him. He's just a, a brilliant football brain, uh, absolute workaholic. And I reckon that's one bloke who probably hasn't had the credit that he deserves. And I, I, I'd like and I hope to see this man in, uh, you know, in a big league because I think he's just a river. Yeah, Johnny, I've got to concur with that. It was so good to see him. I sort of lost track of Frankie Magrellis. I sort of knew him a few years back and uh, and uh, talked for hours. Whenever you catch up with him at football, you talk for hours and hours about the game. He's a real student of the game. Uh, you, you see him at games all the time because he's always trying to pick up something new. And it was so good to see him uh, when they were doing the substitutions tonight by, by the side of the Bentley Greens player, giving him the last instructions and you know, you know, punching him in the chest and wanting the best out of them because someone like him, again, another quality individual, a fantastic character, and uh, with the Anastasiadis brothers, and, and I'm not denigrating any other coaches at the club because I don't know who's there, but I, I certainly know those three personalities, and those players can't go wrong when you've got people with those values, those uh, the, the desire for those younger players to come good and, and achieve something big, uh, and you know they're selfless indiv- individuals, and you know, Teams at that level and players at that level can only, you know, benefit from having those guys around them. Thanks for your call, John. Uh, it's still one all, and I've got to say, Melbourne victory in this game against Perth Glory. Archie Thompson may have pinged a hamstring in the uh, warm-up. Mm. Uh, Bessar Barisha looks like he might have hurt himself. And really? Is he still on or...? He's bleeding profusely from his uh, yeah. nose at the moment. So um, I'm not sure if he's off, Carlos, but uh, mm. I, I just noticed that there was a bit of concern yep. um, over an injury for him. So... Uh, Let's hope that's okay for both for all, all three of those blokes. But uh, Bar- Barbarossa's is back on and, and no problem. But he was he's just bleeding profusely from the nose. Still one nil, a uh, one all rather in uh, Perth, Melbourne victory and Perth glory. Let's take a break now and uh, on the back of Bentley Green's two one victory over Adelaide City, which was sensational. Let's come back with more of the Diego's right after this on eleven sixteen SEN, Melbourne's home of sport. I've had teams before that if you told them to go the back door, they left the gym. This has been a sad coaching moment by the four Diegos. On 11.16 SEN, the four Diegos. Griffiths, David up, Milligan, Barbarousas, Macarunas lays it back, Kalfala tries and he scored! An amazing strike from the Tunisian and the victory take the early lead. He got a touch to it, ball still alive, keeper went to ground, Percy goes again, McLaren a chance, victory still trying to clear it, and the referee points to the area. It looks as though it's the foul on Hersey. Tugs back the referee indicating. 
Messi had a golden chance to score just before. Didn't take it, the ball scrambled round. Melbourne victory couldn't get it clear. Oh, the arm just over the back. He's got hold of his arm, it's soft, but it's there. A penalty for the Perth glory and a chance to level things up. Any Keogh. Keogh for Perth, he scores. Beautifully taken penalty into the bottom corner and Perth glory have equalised. It's 1-1. There you go, 1-1 in the FFA Cup game, the final quarter-final over there in Perth. Uh, Keogh, of course, scored the penalty. But before that, Kalfalar scored an absolute beauty uh, for victory. It's still one all in the 70th minute over there, and uh, it's still anybody's game. Andy Keogh just missed an open goal header. Uh... Just over the bar, and uh, by the way, finding wasn't far wrong <laughs> with his uh, description. Yeah, with his de- with his description of um, yeah, it was the worst goal ever. With so worst, worst penalty, penalty decision ever, in yep. the history of world football, it's not too <laughs> far away from that, mate. <laughs> Let's see uh, if Braden Quatermain from the Sunday Times, who's in Perth at the moment uh, and wants to have a chat to the Diego's, thinks that that was a, a pretty poor penalty call. G'day, Braden. Welcome to the show. Hello, fellas. How are you? Yeah, not bad. You've got Rodrigo here. You've got Vinny Venezuela and Carlos Alberto Diego. Hey, we're talking about that penalty. Um, what do you make of that penalty that was awarded to Perth Glory? Yeah, look, I think the consensus is it was obviously soft, but um, there was a very brief little arm type there, and I, I guess if you do things like that, you, you sort of give uh, the referee the option for making those decisions. So just the funny thing was, um, Percy clearly should have put the goal away anyway about 30 seconds before, and... Uh, and then, yeah, Glory obviously got the second chance and, uh, and Keo put it away. And just, but, I think you mentioned about 30 seconds ago, Keo probably should have given Glory the lead as well and had a nice header um, and just looped it over the, uh, over the crossbar. So, um, so still 1-1 as we stand. But uh, Hersey also had the studs up. He, he could have almost got a red card and a penalty for his team at the same time. <laughs> yeah, and there's been, there's been cards everywhere, actually. And we're just sitting up on the media bench. We've all been sort of betting that we might see a couple of reds in the second half. Um, with the cards starting to mount up, but yeah, we haven't seen that yet, so um, might still have a long way to play out, perhaps uh, an extra half an hour as well if we, uh, if we don't get a winner soon. Yeah, we'll let you go soon, Brandon, but just uh, for those uh, Victory fans uh, wondering, we've, we've seen a, a litany of uh, injuries or injured Victory players uh, in the warm-up, Archie Thompson, uh, Barisha seemed to have a problem, then Barbarousas with a, a bleeding nose, uh, are they all serious injuries? Are they? Uh, what, what's the news you've got over there? Tell, hard to tell at this stage, yeah, my understanding was um, Archie Thompson was going to start on the bench anyway, but then he's pulled up sore. Uh, in the warm-up, and they didn't want to take any chances with a, a slight hamstring. I'm not sure it's too serious, but obviously enough uh, for him not to play his part. So I believe they're playing one short on the bench um, victory. Um, and then uh, Barisha sort of pulled up like he'd been shot almost. He almost just gave the ball away to an opponent and sort of turned around to Kevin Musket and signalled straight away that he needed to come off. That was just a couple of minutes before half-time. So, and, yeah, he hasn't taken his place on the bench in the second half, so... Again, that may only be a minor one, and um, perhaps he might be some chance to get up for Monday night's uh, Monday night day league match. Well, there you go. Hey, we'll better to get back to the game, Braden. Really appreciate your time from the Sunday Times, and uh, hey, it's uh, anybody's game at the moment. Thanks for your time. Yeah, yeah sure. It should be uh, interesting in a few minutes to come. Good on you. There's Braden Quartermain from the Sunday Times in Perth. Always get good to get somebody on the ground. Um, 
And, uh, geez, normally the description when someone uh, turns around like someone shot them in the back of yeah. the leg is an Achilles. It, it's not a good, not a good sa- uh, sign. He but always kind of looks like someone shot But then again, you know, uh, Borussia has around. been a bit uh, right. dramatic at times. So I'm not saying that uh, it's not a serious injury, but uh, he's one player that you wouldn't know, really, until he uh, gets diagnosed and you're here tomorrow. Absolutely. Until the, the tests come back. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, and I'm sure he'll want the cough test, Vinny, after the game. <laughs> So. It's still uh, one all in the 74th minute as a victory attack. Um, a couple of text messages here. Nothing like an underdog's boys. Uh, Green Spirit will see us through. Great coach, great players, uh, Michael and East Bentley again. Good on you, Michael. And you sent one earlier saying tonight is all about the Greens. Ter- terrific atmosphere at Suvlaki Central tonight. <laughs> yes. But a hot topic tonight is, yes. and let's be bold about this, I know all the Bentley Greens fans are out there, and all, uh, all the fans who love uh, their community football are out there listening to us right now. Can Bentley Greens win the FFA Cup? They've got the semi-final to come in, in the final if they've, if they've got to go ahead and win it. Uh, can they win it? Vinny, you tell me. What do you, can they win this thing? Look, uh, no. I, I don't think they can, mm. only because, look, they could get lucky and win. Of course they could. But just the fitness level, if they're coming up against an A-League team, I think they're going to be caught out just just with, they're going to run out of legs mm. because uh, th- that's where the pressure is going to be for a team like Bentley Greens. I would like to see them go yeah. as far as they can, but realistically, uh, I don't know that it's possible. It's got to be spirited, doesn't it? It's, I mean, it's, it's got to be all about spirit. It can't be about fitness, and it can't be about teamwork because the A-League clubs have got that over them. Uh, but it's got to be about spirit. And I worry that uh, even though uh, Jamie De, De, De Bruce had a great game tonight and uh, Wayne Wallace had a great game, they don't seem to have that that uh, out-and-out striker. I think Luke O'Day is the boy that they were hoping would be that player, but he, he went off injured. I, I think he's been injured and he was underdone tonight and he, they took him off uh, during the game. But they don't have that out-and-out striker who could get a goal you know, out of nothing against a really, really good side. I, I don't know if they've got that. But, uh, you know, look, they've got this far. They've, they've managed to avoid A-League clubs up until now. And uh, of the three teams, they've got Adelaide United, uh, Central, Central Coast, Coast or either Perth or Victory, which one do you reckon they'd prefer? You'd want Central Coast, <laughs> wouldn't you? Well, Central Coast made mincemeat of Palm, Palm Beach Sharks. Yes, know? but... Jeez, I don't know if they'd sit there and say, look, we prefer them. Well, I think you I would. I think they'd prefer Victory. <laughs> you reckon? Because oh, at you know, home. At big, home. Game. Yeah. big game. Yeah. Big game. You get, actually, they would prefer Victory because they'd get more at the gate. Yeah. And that's got to be good that's for right. the club. And you never know, if Victory gets through tonight with injuries... Muskie will just maybe just won't take this semi final seriously because they're really on. You know, I know we're going to talk about the derby in a sec, but uh, you know the way they're playing in the A League at the moment, you don't want to be disrupted by long term injuries through the FFA Cup. That's for sure. Oh, this you know if these uh, serious injuries, it'll seriously spook uh, yep. victory right to the core. I was going to say, if you're a sponsor, if you've got anything to do with Bentley Greens, what you do, you fork out some money, get all the boys a white shirt to wear under the strip that says <laughs> shop window. <laughs> that way, when they score, they can just lift the, yeah. lift the shirt up, and that's going to get them through. I think they, they should have shop window and their prospective wages. Yeah, <laughs> and a phone number. Yeah, yeah number. that's right. Because obviously these guys won't have player agents. Mm. But I think you just put your yeah. price yeah. on the shirt. 
Shop window football. And a price for cash. Cause yeah, that's a cash. Yeah, cash, right. Yeah, you've got the, uh, what is it? The credit card or yep. you've got the cash. And then, uh, your phone number? A 1900 number so yeah. they can make money. <laughs> that's know, right. Exactly right. Pay per minute. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you've no, got to get good. your money's worth when you're playing at that level. You've got to be enterprising, yeah, Carlos. That's true. <laughs> you hey. do. You really do. <laughs> you do. It's FFA Cup night. Uh, Bentley Green's defeated Adelaide City 2-1 to make it to the semi-finals. One all in the 77th minute in Perth between uh, Perth Glory and Melbourne victory. Hey, boys, it was the Melbourne derby in the A-League and the victory um, in the end just thrashed uh, Melbourne City 5-2. But uh, the thoughts on this game, which, and I've got to say... um, Carlos and I went to that. Vinny, you were at a, a dinner dance, I think. Um, <laughs> you couldn't come. But um, but uh, I've got to say, it was just a fantastic occasion to go. And the first half was was truly wonderful. And like I think you might have tweeted on uh, at Fort Diego's uh, Vinny Venezuela that uh, you know City didn't turn up in the second mm. half. That's how it felt, didn't it? City is an extraordinary team to watch because they are mesmerising and then they, they kind of just... Pfft, disappear and I don't know where they go and I hope that they find the happy place mm. but uh, they, they need to play two halves of football I reckon but uh, it was a fantastic performance in the first half by them and it was I guess reassuring they've got to be happy there it's not Via that's scoring the goals for them now. It's their defenders. <laughs> so slowly we'll work our way up the pitch. Yeah. Look, I, I just think there's a, there's real pressure on Melbourne City at the moment. And it's not only to win games, but I think if they're going to lose games, they can't lose in the style that Melbourne Hart lost. Because they obviously had the reputation of a bit of a soft underbelly. As soon as the pressure was put on them, they fell apart. Uh, they could have all the ball in the world, but they were they, they couldn't penetrate. This is, this is the old Melbourne heart that we're talking about. And I think people have just been waiting to see whether they're just another reincarnation of that. And I think of the first two games, we didn't see that at all. I thought that they played a bit of brand. Uh, they only drew those games, but there was a bit of a resilience about them. But as soon as the heat was put on them in that second half, um, and I think it all started when Victory got that second goal, a really sloppy second goal where Richard scored just before half time. Yep. Then they got, uh, you know, really got, um, you know, uh, they fell asleep on that first, uh, on the goal the Brisha scored just after half time. And then from then on, they just, they just weren't there. And, uh, it was John Van Skip who mentioned the description, not mentally strong. Mm. And that would be a real worry in a derby. How can you not be mentally strong? Even if you're losing the game, you've got to have a go, you know? And uh, and I think that's what he was getting at. So he can't afford that this this Friday against Adelaide, that's for sure. Oh, they have to come back. They mm. really do mm. have to come back. Um, it's uh, I, they, they are an interesting lot. Um, I didn't think Ramsey showed up. He disappeared as well. But uh, Barbarossa's for victory. No, no, he, he, he just uh, Ramsey was found out because he's not an out-and-out fullback. Yep. And Bar- Bar- Barusas makes mincemeat yep. of even established fullbacks. But, but so. that goal that uh, Barisha sort of poached really was Barbarossa's doing. Oh, yeah, and, and, yeah. and he had a great, he had mm. a terrific game. We were, we were watching uh, the football lesson that was being handed out, but not in a negative way, to uh, Scott Galloway. Um, ah. From David Veer, you know, but, but it was interesting. Did, there were times when Veer in that first half really looked electrifying, and Scotty yeah. Galloway had the, you know, Carl Valeri had to get across there and had to sort of almost support Galloway. But there were a couple of times in that second half where Galloway ran off Veer mm. and uh, really, really punished a City by by having numbers where where Villa couldn't, wasn't going with Galloway, and a couple of times when Galloway won tackles against Villa. Now, what's that going to do to that, that kid's development? That's right. You know, Villa's still a really, really decent international footballer, 
Uh, how good he is still on the world scale? Well, if he was at Barcelona, he'd still probably get a game. Uh, if he was at Atletico Madrid, still probably get a game, probably play in the EPL. Uh, and Scotty Galloway actually laid a couple of tackles and dispossessed him a few times. Mm. That's got to be fantastic for his own development. Yeah. It was absolutely good to watch. And, uh, you know, he, he obviously, you know, he's against Dave Villa, so, he, you know, there were times where he got beaten. But yeah. uh, didn't, you know, lower his colours really no. in the end of the game. It was it was really good to watch. The other, you got to salute, is uh, Barisha's uh, goal that uh, at oh, the start yeah. of the second half where he's just taken a few players on. And, yeah. and I really didn't think he was going to have a crack at the goal, but it's... What he did just to to get to that position and then to finish it off was outstanding, and uh, you'd be very very excited as a victory supporter because you don't you don't always expect Barisha to score them like that. He's he's usually close to the action and yep. and forcing his way through. But that was quite a delight. He actually made that happen, didn't he? Yeah, so he, he did. Dropped the ball and just he had a, he was single minded. Yep. And uh, unfortunately, the city defenders weren't as single minded to stop him, and uh, and in the end, that that really rocked them. In that uh, in that first couple of minutes of that first of that second half, and uh, and they just didn't recover for the rest of it. It's two one at uh, the NIB Stadium. It's uh, Perth Glory two. Perth Glory just scored again. Andy uh, Keogh. Andy Keogh yeah. scored his second. Just left unmarked at, uh, at a set piece there from a corner and headed it. Just slotted it. He's got to be uh, Andy Keogh has scored nearly every game he's played. I'm um, including friendly games and practice matches also since he's been in Australia. The guy is a gun. He's going to be a, a darling of the Perth Glory fans. Look at this. Just, Another uh, header. The, yeah. yeah, right at the back. And uh, it's the 82nd minute, so uh, Victory will do well to get out of this Who one. lost him there? Number 13. Is that Naboo? Yeah, just yep, uh, Naboo is. was marking him at the corner, just ball watching, and he uh, put a, uh, hands to head knowing it was his fault. So uh, it's 2-1, and it's the 82nd minute too, so there's not long for victory, even though victory has shown uh, so far this season that they can score goals late. Mind you, they're obviously not very good on the set pieces because uh, Melbourne City uh, cleaned yep. them up on the set pieces too, so there's a little bit more work for Muskie to do. Well, Muskie was talking about the fact that they're going to analyse forensically those videos. Obviously, they haven't got around to that. It's <laughs> 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 on the to-do busy. list. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Just a bit busy. What about uh, the atmosphere on, on Saturday night? You know, I've got to hand it, you, you know, dips your lid to... Uh, the, well, especially the victory supporters. They they were, yeah. they were on fire in some cases, literally. But um, <laughs> <laughs> but um, I've got to say, it, it it was it was just a fantastic place to be on Saturday night, and a wonderful advertisement for for our game. Yeah, it was. You know, I don't. I don't know, Rodgers. I was there with you, and uh, I loved it. You, yeah, you, you, no, you were too busy. No, look, I, I don't. I've just, I've just been everywhere around the world and watched games of football, right? So the atmosphere for me. Uh, I know what the atmosphere is like, and I'm always take it for granted. Well, you said I've never been, <laughs> <laughs> so, so I didn't. You know, that was my first. Game. Actually, your question yeah. was, "What is this game called yeah, football?" Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. No, but I, I, um, you know what I prefer. Um, this week, I've had friends of mine who love their sport who aren't really educated in in the football, but are, are sort of taking it on and watching it. Um, and they said to me they actually are really enjoying the standard of the A-League at the moment. These people have always watched the EPL and watched the football over in Europe. But for them to say they're really enjoying the actual game, it doesn't have to be about the chanting or the, the colour and the excitement at the games. It's actually about the game. Well, it was. You know you've got a sustainable product if that happens. Well, yes, what... but Carlos, sorry, Rodrigo, go to ahead, interrupt go you. Ahead, go ahead, go but ahead. I was just going to say that you're absolutely right, Carlos, and I agree. But sometimes having those crowds yep. gets people looking twice. True. And you need them to look again to see. True. 
uh, we don't need yep. to do that. But you know, for, for to convert people to bring them on board, yep. they, they need to see that. So Melbourne crowds need to keep doing what they're doing, absolutely, because uh, the football is, is seriously getting much much better. And it doesn't have to be the the constant chanting where you, where it doesn't stop throughout the yep. game. I didn't mean that. I, it was actually the chants and the and the roar based on the ebbs and flows of the game yep. that I loved. And we commented that. Geez, I'm, I think the city fans are a bit quiet because yeah, they're, they're actually watching the yeah, game. That's right. Yeah, I mean, the, the problem with the city fans, I think the Melbournians <laughs> right. are active. You watch the game. You're watching the You're game. You're watching the game and taking interest in the game. Where's the chanting? Yeah, I mean, exactly. I mean, that's because it wasn't. I mean, there was a lull in the game and they that's were just right. quiet. They were watching think, the game. And I think, look, when you're four two down or five two down, you're going to be a bit quieter. It was. They were two one up. But you know, it's like when we went to see. Uh, Brazil, not Brazil, Chile v the Socceroos. Mm. You're always going to be out chanted by people who are, got the numbers too. Yep. And, the, and the victory. And don't we know it, Vinny? We do know it. We do know <laughs> right it. Right in the middle of 2,000 Chileans. <laughs> who weren't all that magnanimous, by the way, the no, Chileans. No. I'm not, not casting aspersion on every Chilean in the world, but just the 2,000 that were around us in that first World Cup game. Well... Well, in, in a way, I was disappointed that we lost, but we're kind of lucky that we lost because we might not have got out of that stadium. <laughs> if we'd won, we'd won. That, that, we're, we're a bit nervous. But anyway, yeah. hey, let's take a break. It's still it's 2-1 uh, in Perth at the moment. They're Perth Gloria up against uh, Melbourne Victory, and uh, it's the 86th minute. Let's take a break and come back with more of the Diegos on 1116 SEN, Melbourne's home of sport. Come on, guys. A lot of you are involved, but not committed. Do you know the difference between involvement and commitment? Think of ham and eggs. The chicken is involved. The pig is committed. This has been a halftime pep talk by the Four Diegos. On 11.16 SEM, the Four Diegos. It's been an unusual scenario for them tonight. Gloria put some pressure on in this second half. Jarrison kills it in. In the area, Keo! Keo at the back post continues his goal scoring ways. Yes, and after 89 and a half minutes over there in Perth, it's still Perth Glory 2, Melbourne Victory 1. Uh, Keo scored twice for Perth Glory and Kalfalar scored for. Victory early on, so uh, I've got to say, Carlos, uh, on a great night for uh, football here, Bentley Greens defeated Adelaide City 2-1 to make the semi-finals of the FFA Cup, look like being the only Victorian side in the uh, Yes, and the, uh, the further <laughs> blow is, they've got to actually probably take, you know, what is it, a four-hour flight from Perth back to Melbourne, with three guys... Looks like seriously injured. Well, uh, Del Pierre has just gone off, I believe. Has he gone off? Or absolutely. He's, no, he's off. He's yeah, off he just uh, looked like a hamstring. Um, of course, Archie uh, tweaked the hamstring in the warm-up. We've got Barisha, who went down very dramatically. Well, and, described like he'd been shot. Yeah, absolutely. Like and, he'd been uh, shot. and actually, uh, you know, when you, when you signal to the, uh, to the coach's bench to get, get you off, and he did it himself... Um, yeah, that's a bit of a worry. And uh, then Barbarous has, has had the blood flowing from his nose too. So you probably wouldn't want to do the post-game interview with uh, Kevin Musket. Not after the penalty. No, and, and, yeah, throw in the penalty too. Mm, yeah. Guy, Flink, Guy Flinker? Guy Finkler <laughs> uh, lines up for a set piece, um, which we've seen he's him got, score He's got before. the stance too. He's got that stance. The referee's just come back. Did the referee use the deodorant? 
the, the spray deodorant for the ground? I think he may have, but it's invisible. Yeah, yeah they've got the close-up on Finkler right to now. Shake the cans. So we're we calling this, are we, Rodrigo? We're well, calling here it. He, is, he come, comes in, he swings it around. Oh, oh he's got the <laughs> goal! He's actually <laughs> got it. 90, <laughs> and Musket is spewing. <laughs> Musket is spewing. He's They've got an injury <laughs> time, extra time is going to go to. Oh, uh, it's two all now. At NIB Stadium in Perth, uh, Finkley just swings it around, and we called that. I know we broke every radio rule in the book. We're going to get sued or something. Sued. But uh, beautiful goal. He just oh. right around the uh, the wall, whatever wall that was there, and uh, Vukovic had no chance. Fantastic you know, really, goal. Really, victory, they should, even if it's a draw, it shouldn't go to extra time. Victory should just be given, awarded this game because they've scored better goals. <laughs> right, yeah. Yeah, maybe that's how we get rid of penalties finally, uh, Vinny. Uh, look, Kevin Musket doesn't He's happy. not happy at all. He's got to go to extra time. All the rest of the bench, let's, let's paint the picture. All the rest of the bench were up, punching the air, and Musket's just there shaking his head saying, I've got to stay another half hour playing this game. I've already lost three players, and we've got uh, a huge game this weekend. It's two uh, not, all. Uh, Monday night, sorry. It's two all after 92 minutes, and uh, yeah, victory are attacking you. They want to win it in normal time, Carlos. Um, but anyway, hey, uh, got a couple of text messages here. Perth Glory up in Perth, always beat Victory. Guys, uh, why don't City have a women's team yet? That's interesting. Victory women's uh, lost again tonight. That's Marie. Yeah, I think that's on the drawing board, but it's all about the funding of these things, isn't it, really? Yeah. Hi, guys. What a great opportunity missed by the A-League to gain new fans. Why didn't they show the Victory versus City game on free-to-wear? I'm Ronnie. pretty sure it was on SBS, wasn't it? That's free-to-wear. No, only a Friday night game, I think. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah well, look, I, look, the good news is uh, I believe the ABC are now got the rights to the Asian Cup as mm, free-to-air uh, rights holders. And they're, I think they're just, when they do those sort of things, and Channel 7's had the All-Star Games, I think when they do those sort of things, they're sort of always toying with the, you know, maybe throwing their, their hat in the ring for the next TV rights. Channel 7, ABC, you get a couple other interested parties. I mean, why couldn't you? With the likes of the Derby, Adelaide versus Melbourne City the week before, 33,000. Uh, you've got uh, City versus Newcastle, 16,000. Why couldn't you package that into a nice little free-to-wear product mm. uh, out there? Not sure why, Carlos, but uh, it's still uh, two all, 93 minutes and 30 seconds uh I don't know how long they've got uh, left of injury time. But anyway, I've got to talk about Western Sydney Wanderers, guys, and uh, they go off to Riyadh to take on Ali Hilal in the return leg. They're 1-0 up. and uh, They've got more squad, more plays in the squad than fans. They're yeah. taking, how, many, four, how many fans 14 fans have got visas, of which one is a female. Now, one female. Now, you tweeted uh, the Poznan. Is it still on, Carlos, or is there well, a... I want to see the Poznan with 14 people. 14. I wonder yeah. if there's there might be some rule saying you don't have to do it with less than you know <laughs> five hundred people. I don't know. I'm not sure. That not will sure. be interesting. Yeah. And there's one. Yeah, the one female who got into the stadium. Yeah. Yeah. She's apparently, right? she's going with her father, so she's allowed to go. Yeah. Which. Uh, yeah, By the way, the difficulty they've they've made for the West Sydney Wanderers fans to get over there because apparently it's been really difficult for them to get visas. That's a disgrace. Mm. That is a disgrace. And uh, the AFC should do something about it, even though. The Saudis are quite powerful in the region as far as, you know, the resources and what they put into the AFC. So I don't think anything will be done. But look, if there's one Australian team that can go away, uh, backs against the wall, um, Poznan or no Poznan with 14 of their fans, of which one is a female, and get the, what, the result they need, which is a, a draw or a win, uh, it's West Indy Wanderers, that's for sure. And uh, the Wanderers have uh, bought 
booked out the whole hostel. <laughs> we splashed the money. That's we'll right. match them. That's right. The caravan park. Yeah, we got the caravan park. Yeah, they've, they've just, you know, uh, sort of thrown <laughs> the money at. Right. Trampoline no, is ours no only. Expen- no expense spared. The pool, ours. Absolutely. Excellent. The toilet block is theirs. <laughs> I've got to say, Hersey's just hit the hit the uh, crossbar, and uh, in the 95th minute, it's still two all Perth Glory and Melbourne victory in the FFA Cup quarter final. Uh, <laughs> unbelievable! Um, there you go. And um, of course, tonight Bentley Greens defeated Adelaide City two one. Wallace and Dear Bruce scored for uh, Bentley Greens and right out for Adelaide City, and uh, it's uh, still two all. Hey, coming up after the Diego's, it's All Night Appetite with uh, Scott Cooney from 12 till 6. So remember, Carlos. We have a Puerto Rican girls hang out. We'll be there. there. Wherever you Samba Rumba and La Bamba. We'll be there. Wherever there's girls with fruit on the head and balls at their feet. We'll be there. Wherever gringos play football. We'll be there. We are the Four Diego. Olé. Olé.